Back in the day when I was a high school kid trying to uh, figure out faith and what it really means to follow Jesus, I regularly attended something called the Toronto Catacombs at uh, St. Paul's Anglican Church in downtown Toronto. Every Thursday evening, about 800 high school and college days young adults from a wide variety of churches and many from no churches at all would descend on this church, mostly for a time of passionate worship. But there would often be times after the service for prayer and stories began to be told of people getting delivered from addictions and a few physical healings as well. Occasionally, one of the leaders would stop in the middle of worship and say that he had this sense that God was right at that moment at work healing someone or delivering them from an addiction. Didn't happen a lot, but it did happen. It, it wasn't wild or crazy, it, it just happened. So I kept going. And I loved this time of worship, and, and I found that my faith was being strengthened through all of this, and, and I caught a glimpse of the power of God at work in, in ways that were really quite new to me. Eventually, the Thursday night thing wound down, so I joined a smaller group of young adults who came out of this uh, larger catacombs group. There were about 12 to 15 of us. We met for a time of Bible study and worship in a small Anglican church just down the road from where I lived. One night, I, I brought a friend with me from school who was intrigued by this group. My friend had a knee disorder called Osgood Schlatter's disease. Often, you know, with a little good sports therapy, maybe the use of a knee brace, this disorder can be turned around. It's rare for this disorder to require surgery. However, this situation was a little more medically complicated and did require surgery. This was a, a Friday night, and my friend was scheduled for surgery the next Thursday. And as worship ended, we went into a time of prayer, and I could see that my friend was a little agitated, and, and then I got this nod, nudge from God. I heard God say to me, I want to heal Paul. Ask the group to pray for him. Now, I didn't say to anyone that I had just heard from God, okay? All I did was ask Paul if he would be comfortable for the group to pray for him, and he was. Uh, it's part of, the, part of the agitation that he was feeling, and so we asked the group for prayer. The group came around Paul, laid their hands on Paul, and, and they prayed with a lot of passion, and then we drove home. Early that next week, Paul went in for a pre-operational hospital visit, and they did what they do, you know, to check him out, and his knee movement was back to normal. They did further checks. He was fine, and they canceled the surgery. To be honest, I was shocked. And all these thoughts went through my mind. What if I hadn't invited Paul to that group that night? What, what if I hadn't acted on the whisper of the Spirit to me to, to have the group pray for Paul? I mean, it was a pretty incredible faith-building experience to see God turn up in such an unexpected way in physical healing. And to think that I, a kid in my last year of high school, could, could be used in a small way by God to see a friend have his knee healed. But hey... Didn't Jesus say, very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I have been doing and, and, and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. And, and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. Wow. What do you do with those words of Jesus? I mean, did Jesus really mean that ordinary, everyday people like the fishermen who were his disciples at the time could see extraordinary things happen when, when they pray because of Jesus? And what if today, 
I mean, does God still do extraordinary things through ordinary people who pray? What do you think? Okay. We're now at our third message in a series of messages from the book of Acts, the story of when the church first started. What we're calling this series the the supernatural normal. The idea is that the kind of stuff you see happening in the book of Acts as well as in the Gospels is the kind of stuff God still does today. So the question is, what if God were to work with extraordinary power through you and me today? Well, what would that look like? Can it really happen? Now, the book of Acts, it, it tells the incredible story of the birth and the expansion of the church. It's the story of a powerful move of the Holy Spirit as more and more people, like thousands and thousands of people, become followers of Jesus. It, it's a story where lives by the thousands, really by the hundreds of thousands, are powerfully transformed for the better, where people are being delivered from bondages, inner healing as well as physical healing is happening in the history of the entire world is being changed. What if what we see in the book of Acts could still happen today? A a lot of Christians say that was then, this is now, and kind of dismiss what happens in Acts as for that time only. But what if Jesus wants to shower us with his love by moving in power in our lives and in the lives of those we pray for? What if we actually cried out to God to transform ordinary, everyday people like you and me into people through whom he does the extraordinary, even the supernatural? What if? Here's my heart's passion. Friends, God still does all of that today. And if you would open your eyes right here and around the world, you can see God powerfully at work. And friends, we at Fort City, we just want to be a church experiencing the power of Jesus to live and love like him. We just want to be a family of ordinary, everyday people who Jesus does the extraordinary through as he pours out his love on us and then through us to our city. You know, as we seek to live and to love like Jesus. Is that possible? Does that still happen? Or am I dreaming the impossible dream? What if? Last week, we looked at the story of Ananias, who God spoke to that he was to go to a home in downtown Damascus in Syria to pray for a guy named Saul who had just gone blind in this encounter with God. Now, Saul was going to Damascus in order to arrest and have Christians like Ananias killed. Saul was a broody, brutal anti-Christian crusader who had the permission of the government to seek out and arrest Christians and then hand them over for death sentences. So yeah, I fully understand Ananias when he reacted to the whisper of God and kind of pushed back against it. That God, what he was saying to Ananias was repulsive, it was dangerous. But what if Ananias hadn't said yes to that whisper of God? Hey, We might not be even here today. But today, I just want to go a little further in that same part of the book of Acts, Acts chapter 9. That's where we found Ananias and Saul last week. And as we keep reading in Acts 9, there are a couple of stories of the supernatural power of God at work. And if you're like me, they'll stretch you a bit. These are stretching stories. Let's let's look at one of them. It's the story of Aeneas. Let me read it for you. As Peter traveled around the country, he went to visit the Lord's people who lived in Lydda. There he found a name named Aeneas, who was paralyzed and had been bedridden for eight years. 
Aeneas, Peter said to him, Jesus Christ heals you. Get up, roll up your mat. Immediately, Aeneas got up, and all those who lived in Lydda and Sharon saw him and turned to the Lord. So what do you think when you hear that story? Can I be honest with you? That story freaks me out a bit. Here's what freaks me out about this story. The Apostle Peter sees this guy who's been bedridden for eight years. He doesn't ask if he can pray for him. He doesn't even appear to pray for him. He just looks at the guy and says, Jesus Christ heals you. And he tells him to get up and roll up your mat, and he does, and he's healed. Okay, let me tell you what I think is happening. The way I understand it is that the reason Peter could speak this word of healing with, with authority is because he heard God speak that word to him first. God told him, I will heal Aeneas. And so Peter simply declared what God had declared to him. Peter could only do what God whispered to him to do. And when the people saw God's love expressed to that man in, in such a powerful way, what do we read? All those who lived in the towns of Lydda and Sharon became followers of Jesus. Oh yeah, that is powerful. Now here's what goes on in your heart and my heart today as we read that story. We believe that God can do that. My guess is that most of who is watching this service online believes that God can do that. In fact, we all desperately want to see God do that. But we wonder if he still does that, right? We wonder if God will do that for us, for our family, at our church. Okay, so we have Peter, and he just looks at Aeneas and has this conviction that the Holy Spirit has put on his heart, so that all he does is say, Jesus Christ heal you, heals you, and the guy is instantaneously healed. But friends, it gets freakier. Peter moves on to the town of Joppa at the emergency request of some people from the church there. Peter, you got to get here quick. One of our most amazing leaders here is really sick. In this church, there is this, we would call her a deaconess. Her, her name is Tabitha. Her Greek name is Dorcas. And she had this powerful ministry of being the hands of Jesus to so many people, pouring out the love of Jesus to the poor and those who had uh, various needs. She was the YWAM team of Joppa. I mean, hey, our, our YWAM team is pretty amazing. They are team Tabitha. Sadly, Tabitha passed away before Peter arrived. She was laying in an upper room, having just been prepared for burial. And in this room, there is this group of widows who Tabitha had ministered to so powerfully and very practically. They show Peter the clothes that she made for them and told Peter all about what a wonderful, loving woman of God she was and what a difference she made in their lives. And they're sobbing. They're, they're really quite beside themselves in, in grief. Peter sends the women out of the room. He gets down on his knees and he prays. And part of what I believe is going on is he's listening for the whisper of the Spirit. He's asking God, what do you want to do here, Lord? And as he prays, and then as he listens for the Spirit, he gets a word from God that God is going to do something powerful and miraculous. Let's pick it up in the book of Acts and look at what the Apostle Luke writes. Peter sent them all out of the room. Then he got down on his knees and prayed. Turning towards the dead woman, he said, Tabitha, get up! She opened her eyes and seeing Peter, she sat up. He took her by the hand and helped her to her feet. Then he called for the believers, especially for those widows. 
and presented her to them alive. Now that's freaky. Come on. Seeing someone raised from the dead would be real freaky, right? First, Peter said to Aeneas, Jesus Christ heals you. And then he says to Tabitha, whose body has just been prepared for the grave, Tabitha, get up. Whoa, right? And then notice what happened. It happened in Lydia. We saw that. And now it happens in Joppa. A large number of people give their lives to Jesus when they saw how Jesus loved, how we expressed love through miracles. We read in Acts, this became known all over Joppa and many people believed in the Lord. Peter stayed in Joppa for some time with a tamer named Simon. Think people would come to Jesus if they saw something like that? What if God would still do that today? Oh, and why did Peter stay in Joppa? Well, there were so many new believers because of this miracle. He had to teach starting point, and then he had to teach the prayer course. He had to help these people become rooted in their faith and learn the basics and, and then learn about the power of prayer and how to pray. I'm convinced that Peter taught the kind of stuff we're teaching in those two courses, and, and I really encourage you to sign up and take one of those courses yourself. So what do you think? I, I, kinda, I think it's kind of cool that Jesus used Peter to raise Tabitha from the dead so that she could go back and care for the poor and care for those widows. And remember, Peter is just an ordinary, everyday fisherman who decided to follow Jesus. That's it. He has no formal schooling. He's just hung out with Jesus for a few years. What if? God still wants to move with power to show his love to a world in need today. And what if God wants to work through ordinary, everyday people who live in Fort McMurray who have chosen to follow Jesus? What if? Let me take a risk and say, I believe someone, maybe more than one, but someone watching this service right now caught up in, in an addiction, a bondage, uh, maybe the issue is physical, emotional, and... The Spirit is saying to you right now, you are hearing the Spirit say, Jesus Christ heals you. What if? What if that is you? If that's you and you know that God has touched you, uh, healed you, done something in your life right now, would you let us know and, and we'll keep praying for you? And, and maybe you would give us permission to tell your story so that others would be encouraged by how Jesus is pouring out his love among us, others of you. Will you just walk through your day with one ear open to the Spirit as you walk through your day, God might ask you to do something, say something, even pray for somebody. When you hear the whisper of the Spirit, will you say yes? Will you do what God asks you to do? Will you allow God to use ordinary you to do the extraordinary as God uses you to be an instrument of his love? Okay. To help us ordinary, everyday people get more deeply connected to the extraordinary love of our God, on Sunday, January 24th, I'm launching something called the Prayer Course. That's also a time when we're uh, moving as a church into the 21 days of focused prayer, where we're praying every day for ourselves and the church. The Prayer Course fits in right in with that, and it's based on the Lord's Prayer. We're going to try to do it both online and in person, if we have too many people to do it in a socially distanced way in the lobby, we'll move it into the auditorium. Uh, under current rules, we can have up to 40 people in our auditorium. So online, in person, um, we're going to figure this out and do this, and you'll see on the screen how you can register for the course. 
The course itself will consist of some video teaching by Pete Gregg, a, a pastor from just outside of London, England, who is part of something called the 24-7 prayer movement. This guy understands prayer and how to pray in a diversity of different ways in order to see God move in power. Friends, if we're going to see God pour out his love powerfully among us and then through us to our city, we first need to learn how to pray. The disciples of Jesus asked, Lord, teach us to pray. I think we need to learn this. I encourage you, consider the prayer course. And friends, what if... What if God wants to touch your life at your point of need, be it inner healing, uh, physical healing, deliverance from an addiction, uh, set free from a bondage, what, whatever is holding you back from living life to the full? What if God wants to touch your life? And, and what if God wants to move through you to touch the life of another person? What if? Will you open yourself up to that possibility this week? Will you take time to be with God? Ask him to fill you with his spirit. Ask him to heal you at your point of need. Ask him to use you to bring his love to the life of someone else. What if God wants to transform your life and use it powerfully even in the middle of this pandemic? Will you join me in prayer as I pray that for us? Holy Spirit, would you just come right now and fill us? Fill us, heal us, empower us, use us. Draw us into an intimate, deep walk with you where we actually hear your spirit speak to us. And then give us the courage to respond to your promptings. Oh God, that you would use us to be an instrument of your love and power in the life of another individual. I pray, God, that all throughout our church family, all through whoever is watching and listening right now, God, that you would move in power in their lives. And as you move in power, transforming and touching our lives for the better, healing and making us whole, that you would then use us powerfully to bring the love of Jesus in powerful ways to others. We pray all this in Jesus' name.